for the show that takes dog training beyond your backyard. It's Bark Talk with Bonnie. Brought to you by Advanced Canine Techniques, your dog training specialists. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bark Talk with Bonnie. I'm very happy today to have Jen Morgan from Happy Dogs on with me. She is a groomer here in town and I like to feature a variety of different groomers because a lot of times they have good advice and suggestions and tips for people that need to bring their dogs to the groomer. So just to get started, Jen, tell us how long you've been grooming and what got you started in grooming. I have been grooming like 17 years now. <laughs> And I got started, actually, I was taking a full course load at Ball State and working full-time, and I was hoping to work less so I could focus on school more and ended up in a career. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us about um, your personal dogs. Like, how many dogs do you have? Um, How many of them have to get groomed on a regular basis? We currently, currently have three dogs. I have Fancy, my toy poodle, who is 14 now, and she definitely needs grooming. She does not get it as often as she should, (laughs) but she doesn't mind missing out on it. And then we have Rita, who is my standard poodle, who is five, and she requires a lot of grooming. Whenever I groom her, it's dedicating a couple hours to the end of my day. And then our newest dog is Anyang, and she is just turned one, actually, a little muddy Catahoula, Boxer, Lab Mix, and she requires more baths than the poodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, puppies are definitely like that. I keep convincing Jen that she needs to come and get Rita certified as a therapy dog because she is an excellent, um, she has an excellent temperament and she would make a wonderful therapy dog. So be on the lookout on my page because at some point I will convince her to come and get her, get Rita tested. <laughs> yes, I just got to have the time available when you're doing the yeah. testing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about grooming. Like is, is you know, whether or not it's a, maybe a new dog owner or if it's somebody that's been coming for grooming for a while, what are some good tips that you might share with a pet owner um, that needs to get, um, that either needs to get a dog groomed or just needs to come in and get a, have a dog get a bath? Um, the biggest thing is, if possible, if you're getting a puppy, start them out as soon as possible, just because it's kind of a rough experience when you have an older dog and all of a sudden you decide, oh, I'm going to take it to the groomers. And all of a sudden this dog is surrounded by other dogs, smells, barks, you're leaving them for a couple hours and it can make them really nervous if it's something they're not used to. So the biggest thing is bringing them in regularly so they're used to it and they're comfortable and then they get comfortable with their groomer, which makes them happier, makes us happier, makes our job easier. And, you know, we like the dogs to be calm, not not stressed out and worrying about whether the owner's coming back. (laughs) Now, when you talk about bringing them in um, early, so I know a lot of um, people have doodles, for example, whether it's a, you know, Aussie doodle or a Bernadoodle or a golden doodle. Mm -hmm. Um, How early is too early? And what should an owner expect during that first visit with a groomer? As long as they've had their first set of shots, it's you're you're good to go. I mean, you can bring them in, and it'd be a shorter amount of time because uh, you know we don't want to keep them there too long. Just let them come in, and usually for a little puppy, anywhere from you know first when you bring it home up to about like five months, four or five months, something like that. Usually, we'll just have you do. We call it just kind of like a puppy groom, where you come in and we'll give them a bath, blow dry them. And we usually try and trim around their face, their potty areas, their feet, 
just little stuff. We don't we try and do a whole full body haircut their first time because it's just kind of overwhelming. We just want them to come in, have fun, get lots of kisses and cuddles and learn that grooming is something they're going to be doing often and that it can be enjoyable. Now, when after a puppy comes in, what advice would you give to a pet owner when they bring the dog home? Like, um, like maybe the puppy was afraid of the clippers or the scissors or the nail trimming. Like, what advice would you give them to try to help make that experience better the next time? Or how often should they bring the puppy back to, to help make that better? The biggest thing we usually tell people, because most of the time with puppies, it's, well, they don't want their face held or they don't want us messing with their feet. So we usually tell people... Touch them everywhere. Get get them used to someone kind of holding their head still and touching around their eyes and looking inside their ears and you know touching toes and just kind of all over because that that's the biggest thing with puppies. They're not used to it, and then then we start doing it and we're a stranger and they're like, "Who are you and what is this?" So the, the that's the biggest thing, getting them used to it, and also usually every six to eight weeks is the recommended time to go between grooms depending upon you know dog and coat type and how long you want to keep their hair and what kind of maintenance you're looking at so okay and then I know um I had a question here let me it's going to come back to me in a minute here um in terms of um grooming as well um do you recommend any certain holds for puppies like you talk about you know holding their face still so you can do a face trim with them or just even restraining them to help with nail trimming and things like that too. Are there certain holds that, that groomers use or certain holds that you share with pet owners to try to help them? Cause a lot of times once the puppies are like wiggly and squirmy, they, they just kind of let them go and just mm-hmm. don't, don't fight with them anymore. So how do you encourage owners to, to keep holding on when they're wiggly? <laughs> one of the, one thing we recommend too is getting them up off the floor. If you can put them on like a washer or dryer or something, it kind of gets them off out of their elements, they're a little more, I guess, they're more comfortable with like getting listening to what you're doing versus going off and chasing whatever it is they see 10 feet away. So, and we usually, when we're trying to work with a dog, especially working on their face, we usually hold them underneath their chin. So if you can get them used to having a hand under, under their jaw, not to chew on it, but that someone's going to hold their head and kind of hold it still and just kind of pet them and talk to them and then they get used to hands being on their face and sitting still while that's happening, which is very, very beneficial. I know with little dogs too, definitely elevating in the, them in some way definitely helps. I know if you have mm-hmm. a bigger dog, that can be a little bit more yeah, challenging, definitely. but but sometimes people will put them on a picnic table or they'll put them on some kind of like something out in their garage or, or, you know, if it's a small dog, a counter or a kitchen table, the washer and dryer mm-hmm. is perfect. Even if you lay a towel down, just something for them to, because the groomers have groom tapers that can go up and down. So, I mean, not some owners are fortunate enough to have one, yeah. um, but a lot of them don't. But just, you know, like just following some of the tips that Jen says definitely help with that too. And then how do you help them with the noises, like the scissors, the nail trimmers, the clippers, things like that? Usually, like for puppies, even when they're there not getting a full haircut, we'll turn the clippers on and just set them on the table. Or we'll just let the clippers kind of just without the blade, just kind of rub it by their body so they get used to the sound and the vibration. And if it's something that's startling to them or that they're uncomfortable with it's something we don't we don't push it we'll let them come back and we'll try it again another time and eventually they get used to it and they're not it doesn't bother them but the biggest thing is we're not going to try and push them and then have them traumatized or scared of something for grooming Mm -hmm. you know for however long they're going to be requiring it so okay um 
What are the best, or how often should an owner brush a dog, no matter what type of dog they have? Oh, if you had, like with Rita, my standard poodle, she needs brushed at least once a week, and I'm just really lucky that she has a nice coat that brushes out well. Um, But if you have like a doodle that you're wanting to keep longer, I know people really like them to look shaggy and look kind of like little Muppets and stuff, and those dogs, especially if they play in water, they need brushed out like every day, especially in the areas that mat a lot, a lot, which is like around their ears. If they like to dip their face in water, which a lot of them do, I hear <laughs> about water beard quite a bit. And uh, so they need their faces brushed out because that once that hair gets wet and it starts kink, like curling around itself, then it's just the matting starts. And once it starts, it gets real bad real fast. So areas like on their hips a lot where they lay down and kind of roll around and elbows Legs, bellies, all over. <laughs> they need brushed. So it's really important to talk to your groomer, one, to find out how often you should brush your dog. And a lot of times groomers will often instruct you on what brushes work. I mean, I, I've gone to the pet store and I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm like, there's curry combs and there's mm-hmm. combs and there's slicker brushes and there's, you know, regular wire brushes. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm even looking at and what... What does my dog need? So is there any rule of thumb in terms of what brushes work best for different hair types or hair coats? Well, there's actually an article in one of my grooming magazines about the most commonly sold pet brush is also the most useless. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the one that's like the pin brush on one side and the boar bristle brush on the other because it really doesn't do much of anything for most, most pet coats. The biggest thing, I mean, if you have to have one thing, I would say a wire comb. For anything like golden retrievers, you can get the comb and it goes all the way down to their undercoat. It'll pull that out. You can take it down through their feathering and make sure you're getting all the way down to the skin. That's usually the biggest thing. People will come in, they'll say, well, I brushed my dog, but they don't. Re- the brush they're using is not the correct brush. It's not getting all the way down to the skin. It's not pulling out the coat it needs to, and it's not catching any tangles like it should. So I've had plenty of people come in with a doodle or something that's matted and ends up, I have to shave it, and they're totally shocked because they literally brush their dog on a regular basis, but it's not the correct brush used the correct way and it's not doing them any good, which I usually, you know, will then explain it and then, you know, they go out and get the right stuff and start over. Yeah. I know usually after the first startling haircut, everyone's usually like, okay, what do I need to do? Cause I never want this to happen again. (laughs) We don't like having to do it either. Um, Now, what are the benefits of just regular brushing for dogs too? I mean, just in terms of like health benefits. Well, health benefits, you can see, like, a lot of times we, when we're, you know, we're hands-on, we touch, like, every inch of your dog, and we have a lot of times notified owners of lumps or, you know, different kinds of scrapes or growth that they didn't know were there, and I know that I've had lots of people come back and tell me, you know, they took the dog to the vet, and they ended up having to have something removed, or it was a the start of what could have been a bigger problem if they didn't realize it, so if you're doing it at home, because we see your dog at best every six to eight weeks, so if you're doing it every day, you're going to notice it, hopefully catch it maybe between those times. But if not, you know, then hopefully it's something we can notice. But if you're doing, if you're brushing your dog every day, you might notice something swollen or a bite or even like a tick. Or if, you know, your dog picks up fleas, it's stuff you can catch a lot sooner if you're maintaining the coat on a regular basis. Yep. And I think it's really helpful too. like a lot of times, you know, Groomers are to dogs like hairstylists probably are to women. Like we go in, they can look at our hair and just kind of figure out like it's really thin and brittle, it's falling out, it's too greasy. And sometimes they can recommend certain 
products or, you know, maybe, maybe a doctor's visit is required. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes they can recommend either certain products or um, health concerns that they might notice based on the condition of your um, pet's fur as well. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like a lot of times we'll, you know, bring into their attention, like teeth, dental care being needed. And I know recently I had a little client that I've told him that the teeth probably needed to be looked at and have a dental and they went and they had it done and his even his coat changed because he was his teeth were like so bad that it was affecting his overall health and so his entire coat looked so much better just within weeks. He was like a new dog. Yeah, and sometimes I mean sometimes just getting sometimes it's just things that we just don't realize like whether it's you know how I mean I know you know everybody should probably brush their dog's teeth more often than they do. Some people are religious and they do it every day and. I applaud them because I do not do that. Do um, um, they get lots of chew bones. My dogs do anyway. But um, now what, I know that groomers tend to use different products than products that pet owners would purchase in a store. So if somebody is going to bathe their dog on a weekly basis at home, are there certain shampoos that you would either recommend or encourage people to stay away from when they're shopping for products? Uh, if you going to bathe your dog on a super regular basis, I would make sure and get one that's not, that doesn't have sh- the soap in it, which you can get some that are kind of all natural. Like we have one at the shop that's, it's called four legger and it's actually like a completely holistic, all natural and it won't strip the coat because you don't want to over bathing can actually cause more issues. You know, if you're trying to like get rid of dry skin or itchies or something, you could actually be making it worse. Um, but Basically, any of the shampoos are going to do about the same thing. Um, you don't want to use anything real harsh because you don't want to. It's already a very stripping the coat process. It, it takes all the oils out of the coat, so keep it gentle. I like the oatmeal shampoos or you know the medicated shampoos. Those are nice. Now, when you say harsh, do you mean like um, like flea shampoos yeah. or um, is there any other um... flea shampoos or like the really cheap stuff that? When you open the bottle and you smell it and you're like, Phew. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to use that on my dog because it's going to make them itch like crazy. And sometimes I'm like, I know when I go shopping for different products in the store, dude, I open up the container. I take mm-hmm. a whiff of it because if I don't like it in the store, I'm not going to want to put it on. So, I mean, I'll smell every single shampoo in the <laughs> in the store, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> whether it's for me or for my dogs. Like I want to find a scent that I enjoy, that I like, that I think will smell good on my dogs too. Mm-hmm. Um, now talk about conditioner. What is the benefit of that? Do all dogs need it? And, um, what's the goal with using a conditioner? Well, there's lots of different types of conditioner. We try to use at least a mild one on every dog, because like I said, when you're washing them, you are stripping a lot of the oils and stuff out of the coat. And that kind of helps to put some back in there and soften it all back up. Um, you can, we have like a de-shedding conditioner, which is really good for like, if you've got a husky blowing coat and you use that de-shedding conditioner, we work it in really well and I'll have clumps of hair all over my hands just because it just pulls out. It's really good about loosening, get all that loose stuff and just pulling it out so that it blows out when we blow dry them versus all over the couch and carpet at home. <laughs> I will definitely see the de-shedding um, package is amazing. I just had that done on my shepherd a few weeks ago and she came home and she looks amazing. Now she's yes. ready to go back again, but um, for the for for a good month for a good five weeks or so she looked fantastic. Yeah. So that that's a definite benefit right there. Um, let's talk about some no nos in grooming. Like what are some things that you would advise owners? Maybe people come in and ask you to do something, or um, is there any specific like 
I guess, rules of the trade of things that you shouldn't do as a groomer to a dog or when they're being groomed? Um, don't try and do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have so many people come in, they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cut on this and, you know, it grows back, but don't do it at home. <laughs> I even have hairstylists, they're like, well, I thought since I could do people hair, I'm like, yeah, but I can't cut my kids' hair either, so <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> but um, as far as no-nos, I mean, just – you don't want to wait too long. Don't wait until they're matted and miserable. Get them in. You know, if they start looking like they might need a haircut, call. <laughs> you can always <laughs> set it up for a couple of weeks out, but it's miserable for the dogs. And then, you know, it makes it the whole experience miserable for them when when they've, you know, got big mats that are pulling on them and we're trying to shave it off and it's pulling on their skin because it's uncomfortable. And then they think it's us <laughs> and they're mad at us. <laughs> what, um... What are the benefits of shaving a dog? Um, it just if you have well, like a poodle that has a like a single coat, it's fine. You don't really want to shave. The, the biggest thing people always want to shave the dog because they think they're hot. Well, shaving them doesn't really. It actually is the opposite of cooling them off because their hair is actually an insulator. So usually, if someone brings in, they've got like a golden retriever or some other double coated breed, and they tell me they want to shave them. I usually will number one ask why and then if they're telling me it's because they're hot i'll you know tell them that actually if we do a good bath and brush out and get the reason they're hot is they've got that extra undercoat that's not blown out it's trapped in there and that's holding the heat in their actual coat when it's well maintained it acts as an insulator so the cool air actually gets down to their skin with the top coat over it and it keeps the cooler there and everything and it helps and the same in the winter you know they've got the extra undercoat that grows in to keep them warm and if you actually Shaved dogs like that, you can end up damaging their coat over time to where the top coat doesn't really grow in and you get like all undercoat or you get no undercoat growing back because it can cause a lot of follicle damage on shaving dogs like that. I mean, if you've got a poodle, fine, or a shih tzu or something like that that doesn't have the the undercoat, shaving is fine. But the the double-coated dogs, you don't really want to shave. And I think that that's important. Like typically dogs that you will, you know, like those smaller breed dogs that, yeah, you'll go in and they'll get a puppy cut or they'll get shaved and they have like the little furry, um, little furry heads and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they look adorable. They look like little teddy bears, you know, but sometimes, you know, being careful of the dogs that you have. And I think that's where regular grooming and maintenance will come into play, like brushing your dogs regularly, um, getting them, getting them bathed, getting them a good blowout too. Like those golden retrievers, those German shepherds, um, even the huskies. I know a lot of people want to shave like the big furry dogs Mm -hmm. because they're panting a lot, but that, that fur really is a good insulator. So shaving it really, it, it, one, it grows back thicker (laughs) and it grows. (laughs) It doesn't look the same and end up with a funky looking dog all the time. Not just because they look pretty silly shaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things, like, I will do it if someone's adamant about it, but I also will make sure they understand what the possibilities are and what the potential damage they're doing to the coat and everything is. And usually they're panting not because they're hot. They're panting because they're most likely overweight. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and shaving's could... really going to do them any favors. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to see it more, yeah. so that might inspire you to take them out for more exercise. Yes. <laughs> but again, I mean, I think it's helpful. I mean, I mean, we go to the doctors to, to get advice from our doctors, and whether we want to hear it or not, usually it's, you know, what we need to hear. The same thing applies to the groomers, too. I mean, they're sharing information with you just to help educate you and to help make sure that your pet is living the most, um, you know, stress-free, calm-free, you know, um, 
lifestyle as possible too. So um, definitely take their advice um, to heart because they are the ones probably being more intimate with your dogs than you are. I mean, they're touching them, grooming them, cleaning stuff out that, you know, we're not really wanting to do. Yeah. (laughs) We have a running family joke that I recognize dogs by their first name and last name, but then I'll see the people and <laughs> it takes me a second to recognize them. <laughs> I'm Usually, very, we get very familiar with the dogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah, you're Teddy's owner, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I freaked a few people out and be like, oh, hi, you know, to their dog. And they're like looking at me like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, hang on here. Let's see here. Um, okay. Do you, let's see, do you have any, um, I don't know, just given the 17 years that you've been grooming, any good stories to share with us about what you uncovered when you were grooming a dog or just the grossest thing that's ever happened when you were grooming a dog? I don't think anybody wants to hear the <laughs> grossest things. There have been some really gross things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Ticks are the worst thing for me because they gross me out so bad. Or if they have got fleas, I feel like I've got them crawling over my head the rest of the day. I've had, But, yeah, I've definitely... Definitely uncovered some gross stuff and let the owners know. And sometimes they're shocked, sometimes they're not. But <laughs> as the dogs are ha- happier, at least, you know, when they leave, they feel more comfortable. That's what that's what matters most. But, yeah, I've def- nobody wants to hear some of my horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there is that um, plaque that you see sometimes in groom shops. Sometimes you see them in different locations, too. Mm-hmm. Typically why your, you know, groomer is, you know, more valuable than your hairdresser. Because there's things that, you know, as a person going to get my hair cut, I'm not going to bite my hairdresser. Ho- hopefully not anyway. <laughs> or, you know, you know, poop on the chair. You know, mm-hmm. do something that I really shouldn't be doing. You know, yeah. whereas, you know, you're dealing with dogs that have a kind of a whole different mentality. Oh. Oh, yeah. And we're, the, the thing on that, too, is, you know, you're only getting the hair in your head cut versus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, yeah, we deal with it, you know, nose to tail, everything in between. I mean, there's literally nothing, no part of your dog that we don't come in contact with when we're grooming them. So, yeah. And yeah. that is true. And definitely, you know, find a groomer that, um, you know, that works with you, that listens to you. A lot of times they will say, if we've had, um, if you you know, they try to take advice from the owners in terms of what they want, but sometimes mm-hmm. what you want is not always realistic. I mean, I'm yes. not going to have Julia Robert here, no matter how hard I try, because it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but, um, but you also want to um, let them know if if there was something you didn't like too, so that they can fix it. Because if, if you don't share that information with them, they don't know that. Yeah, our goal is to one, you know, do what you want, and we know within reason, whatever we can achieve and make sure your dog is safe and comfortable, you know, so we're not, if there's something that you really want done, but the dog's just not having it, we'll tell you we tried, but you know, we're not going to traumatize the dog in the process. Maybe it's something we can work up to, you know, and that's one thing we, we try and suggest to people because we currently have five groomers at the salon. So, I mean, if you don't, you might get put with whoever, if you just want in at the soonest time, but we recommend, especially if you've got a dog that might be a little nervous, if you find one groomer and kind of stick with them because the dogs get comfortable with it because we all kind of have our own routines and stuff we do and certain orders and just how we talk to the dogs and touch them. And they get used to certain people and they actually do much better. I know I had one dog that I groomed you know, for years and then when I went on my first maternity leave, she tried to take her somewhere else and they called her five minutes later and so they couldn't get her out of the crate that she had bit somebody and I've never had an issue, you know, she just has always known me. So she was comfortable with me. So I was the only one from then till 
the day she passed that I was her only only groomer. And was, I guess it was by her choosing too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, and and I think that's very true. So, if people are, um, so tell us where your salon is um, and how they can get in touch with you to schedule an appointment. I work at Happy Dogs over off of Kilgore, formerly Happy Clean and Smart. I've been there for oh, 13 years. Um, and if you want to make an appointment, you can call the store, you can text the store, you can email, Facebook message, any any possible way you can get a hold of us and somebody will get back with you as soon as possible and let you know like how soon we have appointments available. It's a, this time of year, it's a little bit slower, you know, towards the holidays. If you don't book it out like the month in advance, it's going to be hard getting in and you know, around the holidays always. And then, you know, around fall break and spring break and all that stuff is when it's really busy. So, yeah. And like she said, they have five groomers. So you can call and request a specific groomer or schedule for the first available if you're needing in right away and then just kind of see how that experience goes. Most of them will come out and and, and talk to you or let you know how the dog did or if there's anything that they'd recommend you work on or if they recommend a certain brush or comb that will help with that as well. Um, let me see here. Any other feedback for us just about grooming or advice that you would have for potential owners? Uh, I would just say, you know, if you try a groomer and maybe you didn't like it or if you don't like the person or, you know, that's a big part of it too. I know I always considered it a compliment when people with dogs that don't really require a haircut, just a bath and nails and ears done when they would request me. Cause I'm like, obviously I'm not a, like the world's best superior bather to everyone else, but they just trusted me with their dog, which is a big compliment. Cause you know, if they're taking the time to request me and they know that I'm going to take care of them and treat them well. So that's always been a, been a source of pride for me. But um, yeah. So if you don't, if there's something you don't like, like if you don't, if, I mean, if it's the haircut itself, tell us. We we make notes every single time of what we've done. So if you want the hair somewhere longer or shorter or the tail done differently, we are more than happy to, you know, groom to your likings, obviously. Yep. And I think that that's really helpful, too. I mean, we want you to enjoy your pet and have the, and have the haircut that you want your pet to have within reason. Sometimes you may come in and request something. I mean, I've seen people request mohawks. I've seen mm-hmm. people request you know, some, some odd, some odd haircuts, you know, but done a mullet before. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, so, so, you know, no, no requests. I mean, I've seen dye jobs, I've seen nail, you know, toenail painting. So, um, there's definitely lots of different options out there for your pets too. Um, but you know, take advantage of the groomer's expertise. I mean, they're there to help you and, to um, to help make sure that your, that your pet has a good experience when they are grooming. So you definitely want to follow the, follow the feedback and the advice that they give you. I think that that's really helpful. Um, I think we're about to wrap up for this um, for this episode, but um, hopefully you enjoyed some of the tips that we have to share, and we'll have another, um, we'll be on the air next week as well. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash K, the letter K, the number nine techniques, and advancedk9techniques.com for our website. Um, that's all we have for today. Have a good week. You've been listening to Bark Talk. For more information, go to our website, advancedcaninetechniques.com, or find us on Facebook.